Chapter Four of The Prelude to Adventure by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, Margaret Craven. One. It is essential to the maintenance of the Cambridge spirit that there should be no melodrama into that placid and speculative air real life tumbles with a resounding shock and the many souls that have been building these many years with careful elaboration walls of defence and protection find themselves suddenly naked and indecent before the world for that army of men who use cambridge as a gate to the world in front of them the passage through the narrow streets is too swift to afford more in after-life than a pleasant reminiscence it is because cambridge is the bridge between stern discipline and pleasant freedom that it is so happily remembered but there are those who adopt cambridge as their abiding home and it is for these that real life is impossible beneath these gray walls as the years pass slowly the illusions grow closer and closer creep the walls of experience softer and thicker are the garments worn to keep out the cold gentler and gentler are the speculations born of a good old port and a knowledge of the greek language about the high tables voices softly dispute the turning of a phrase eyes mildly salute the careful dishes of a wisely chosen cook gentle patronage is bestowed upon the wild ruffian of the outer world many bells ring many fires are burning many lamps are lit many leaves of many books are turned busily busily hands are raising walls of self-defence the world at first regretted then patronized is now forgotten hush he sleeps his feet in slippers his head upon the softest cushion his hand still covering the broad page of his dictionary nothing not birth nor love nor death must disturb his repose and here in the heart of the senate wood is death from violence death naked crude removed from all sense of life as we know it the high tables avoid carfax's body with all possible discretion for an hour or two the port has lost its flavour homer is hidden by a cloud the gentle chatter is curtailed and silenced amongst the lower order those wild and turbulent undergraduates it is the only topic carfax is very generally known he had ridden he had rowed he had played cricket a member of the only sporting club in the university he had been known as a real sportsman and a damned good fellow because he was often drunk and frequently spent an evening in london and now he is dead in souls a number of very young spirits awake to the consciousness of death here is a red-faced hearty fellow as fit as anything one moment and dead the next never before had the fact been faced that this might happen to any one let the high table dismiss it easily it is none so simple for these who have not had time to build up those defending walls for a day or two there is a hush about the place voices are soft men talk in groups the mystery is the one sensation the time passes there are other interests once more the high table can taste its wine death is again bundled into noisier streets into a harder shriller air two 
olva on the morning after the discovery of the body heard from mrs ridge speculations as to the probable criminal you take my word mr dunn sir it was one of them there nasty tramps always hanging around they are and miss annette was only yesterday speaking to me of a ugly feller coming round to their back door and asking for bread weren't you miss annette i was indeed mrs ridge and em was an acid every blue jaw i ever saw on a man hadn't he miss annette he had indeed mrs ridge ah i wouldn't wonder nasty sort of lookin feller and that sannet wood too nasty lonely place with its old stones and all comfortable i don't think ova made inquiries as to the stones why ever so old they are before christ i've heard used to cut up human flesh and eat it like the poor natives and there's a ugly-looking stone in that very wood where they did it too and so i've heard would you go along that way in the dark miss Annette? not much i grant you mrs ridge oh yes not likely on a dark night i don't think that poor mr carfax ah well as i say i hopes they catch him that's all i can say with further reminiscence concerning mrs birch who had worked on carfax's staircase the last ten years and never ad no kind of luck there was that mr oliver final dismissal of mrs ridge and miss annette meanwhile strange enough the relief that he felt because the body was actually removed from that wood no longer possible now to see it lying there with the leg bent underneath the head falling straight back the ring on the finger curious too that the match-box had not been discovered they must have searched pretty thoroughly by now perhaps after all it had not been dropped there but over him there had fallen a strange lassitude he was outside beyond it all and then a craven came to see him the event had wrought in the boy a great change it was precisely with a character like craven's that such an incident must cleave a division between youth and manhood he had until last evening considered nothing for himself his father's death had occurred when he was too young to see anything in it but a perfectly natural removal of some one immensely old the world had seemed the easiest the simplest of places his years at rugby had been delight fully free from shocks of any kind good health friendship a little learning these things had made the days pass swiftly rupert craven had been yesterday a child precisely typical of the system in which he had been drilled now he was something different olva knew that he was capable of depths of feeling because of his extraordinary devotion to his sister craven had often spoken of her to olva so different from me the most brilliant person in the world her music is really wonderful people who know i mean all say so but you see we're the same age only two of us we've always been everything to one another olva wondered why craven had told him it was not as though they had ever been very intimate but craven seemed to think that olva and his sister would have much in common olva wondered as he looked at craven standing there in the doorway how this sister would take the change in her brother he had suddenly as he looked at craven a perception of the number of lives with whose course his action had involved him the wheel was beginning to turn the light had gone from craven's eyes his vitality and energy had slipped from him leaving his body heavy unalert he seemed puzzled awed 
there were dark lines under his eyes his cheeks were pale and his mouth had lost its tendency to smile its lines were heavy but above all his expression was interrogative finally he was puzzled for an instant as he looked at him olva felt that he could not face him then with a deliberate summoning of the resources of his temperament he strung himself to whatever the day might bring forth this is awful yes of course it doesn't matter to you doon as it does to me but i knew the fellow so awfully well it's horrible horrible that he should have died like that olva broke out suddenly after all not such a bad way to die swift enough i don't suppose carfax valued life especially oh he enjoyed it enjoyed it like anything and that it should be taken so trivially for no reason at all it seems to be almost certain that it was some tramp or other robbery the motive probably and then he was startled and left the money it was all lying about on the grass but then carfax was mixed up with so many ruffians of one kind and another it may have been revenge or anything i believe they are searching the wood now but they're not likely to bring it home to anyone misty day no one about and the man simply used his fist apparently he must have been most awfully strong have you ever heard of anyone killing a man with one blow except a prize-fighter it's simply a knack i believe if you catch a fellow in a certain spot supposing that some wretched tramp were arrested and accused some dirty fellow from beyond a hedge all the tramps all the ruffians of the world were now in danger the accusation of another would bring the truth from him of course his dark eyes moved across the room to craven's white tired face within himself there moved now with every hour stirring more acutely this desire for life if only they would let him alone let the body alone let it all alone let the world sink back to its earlier apathy his voice was resentful carfax wasn't a good fellow craven no i know nil nini bonum and all the rest of it but it looks a bit like a judgment judgment from heaven craven broke in but now just now when his body's lying there i know there were things he did he was a bit wild of course yes there was a girl a girl in midget's tobacconist shop his daughter carfax ruined her body and soul ruined her he boasted of it looks like a judgment i don't care craven sprang up carfax may have done things but he was a friend of mine and a good friend they must catch the man they must it's a duty they owe us all to have such a man as that hanging about why it might happen to any of us you must help me doon help you yes yes help them to catch the murderer we must think of everything that could make a clue perhaps this girl i had heard something about her of course but perhaps there was another lover a rival or something or perhaps her father well said doon slowly my advice to you craven is not to think too much about the whole business a thing like that is certain to get on one's nerves leave it alone as much as you can what a funny chap you are you're always like that as detached from everything as though you weren't alive at all why i believe if you'd committed the murder yourself you wouldn't be much more concerned 
well we've got to go on as we're made i suppose only do take my advice about not getting morbid over it by the way i see i'm playing against st martin's this afternoon yes i thought at first i wouldn't play but i suppose it's better to go on doing one's ordinary things you're coming in to-night aren't you are you sure you want me after all this disturbance why of course my mother's expecting you half past seven don't dress he raised his arm above his head yawning he was obviously better for the talk his eyes were less strained his body more alert i'm tired to death didn't get a wink of sleep last night saw poor carfax in the dark Ugh. well we meet this afternoon when the door closed olva had the sensation of having been on his trial craven's eyes still followed him nerves of course but they had strangely reminded him of bunker three olva had never been to craven's house before it stood in a little street that joined cambridge to the country at one end of the prim little road the lamps stopped abruptly and a white chalk path ran amongst dark common to a distant wood at the other end a broader road with tram lines crossed the house was built by itself back from the highway with a tiny drive and some dark laurels it was always gloomy and apparently unkept the autumn leaves were dull and sodden upon the drive the bell and knocker upon the heavy door from which the paint was worn in places were rusty no sound came from the little road beyond the place seemed absolutely without life olva now as he sent the bell pealing through the passages knew that this dark desertion had an effect upon his nerves a week ago he would not have noticed the place at all now he longed for lights and noise and company he had played football that afternoon better than ever before that too had been a defence almost a protest an assertion of his right to live as he waited his thoughts pursued him he had heard them say to-night that no clue had been discovered that the police were entirely at a loss it was impossible to trace footmarks amongst all that undergrowth no one had been seen in that direction during the hours when the murder must have been committed and so on so on all this talk this discussion the wretched man was dead no one would miss him no one cared leave him alone leave him alone olva pulled the bell again furiously why couldn't they come he wanted to escape from this dark and dismal drive these hanging laurels the cold little road with its chilly lamps an old and tottering woman her nose nearly touching her chin and her fingers in black mittens opened at last and led olva into the very blackest and closest little hall that he had ever encountered the air was thick and musty with a strangely mingled smell of burning wood of faded potpourri of dried skins the ceiling was low and black and the only window was one of a dull red glass that glimmered mournfully at a distance the walls were hung with the strangest things prizes apparently that the late dr craven had secured in china grinning heathen gods uncouth weapons dried skins of animals out of this dark little hall olva was led into a drawing-room that was itself nearly as obscure here the ceiling was higher but the place square and dark 
a deep-set stone fireplace in which logs were burning was the most obvious thing there for the rest the floor seemed littered with old twisted tables odd chairs with carved legs here a plate with seashells here a glass case with some pieces of ribbon old rusty coins silver ornaments there were many old prints upon the walls landscapes some portraits and stuck here and there elaborate arrangements of silk and ribbon and paper fans and colored patterns opposite the dark diamond-paned window was an old gilt mirror that seemed to catch all the room into its dusty and faded reflections and to make what was old and tattered enough already doubly dreary the room had the close and musty air of the hall as though windows were but seldom opened there was a scent as though oranges had recently been eaten there at first olva had thought that he was alone in the room then when his eyes had grown more accustomed to the light he saw sitting in a high-backed chair motionless gazing into the fire with her fine white hands lying on her lap a lady she reminded him in that first vision of her of physis pictures of mrs clennam in little dorrit and always afterwards that connection remained with him her thin spare figure had something intense almost burning in its immobility in the deep black of her dress and hair in the white sharpness of the outline of her face how admirably it seemed to him she suited that room she too may have thought as she turned slowly to look at him that he fitted his background with the spare dignity of his figure his fine eyes the black and white contrast of his body so that his cheeks his hands seemed almost to shine against the faded air it is certain that they recognized at once some common ground so that they met as though they had known one another for many years the old miner caught for a moment the fine gravity and silence of his approach to her as he waited for her to greet him but before she could speak to him the door had opened and margaret craven entered in her gravity her silence she seemed at first to claim kinship with them both she had the black hair the pale face the sharp outline of her mother as she came quietly towards them her reserve was wonderful but there was tenderness in the soft colour of her eyes in the lines of her mouth that made her also beautiful but beyond the tenderness there was also an energy that made every move seem like an attack in spite of her reserve there was impatience and olva's first judgment of her was that the last thing in the world that she could endure was muddle she shone with the clean-cut decision of fine steel mrs craven spoke without rising from her chair i am very glad to see you mr doone rupert has often told us about you margaret advanced to him and held out her hand she looked him straight in the eyes we have met before you know i had not forgotten he answered her gravely then rupert came in it was strange how one saw now when he stood beside his mother and sister that he had some of their quality of stern reserve he had always seemed to olva a perfectly ordinary person of natural good health and good temper and now this quality that had descended upon him increased the fresh attention that he had already during these last two days demanded 
for something beyond question the carfax affair must be held responsible it seemed now to be the only thing that could hold his mind he spoke very little but his white face his tired eyes his listless conversation showed the occupation of his mind it was indeed a melancholy evening to alva his nerves being already on edge it was almost intolerable they passed from the drawing-room into a tiny dining-room a room that was as dingy and faded as the rest with a dull red paper on the walls and an old blue carpet the old woman waited the food was of the simplest mrs craven scarcely spoke at all she sat with her eyes gravely fixed in front of her save when she raised them to flash them for an instant at olva he found this sudden gaze extraordinarily disconcerting it was as though she were reasserting her claim to some common understanding that existed between them to some secret that belonged to them alone they avoided for the most part carfax's death once margaret craven said one of the most astonishing things about anything of this kind seems to me the bravery of the murderer the bravery i mean that is demanded of any one during the days between the crime and his arrest to be in possession of that tremendous secret to be at war as it were with the world and yet to lead in all probability an ordinary life that demands courage one may accustom oneself to anything mrs craven said her voice was deep and musical and her words seemed to linger almost like an echo in the air olva thought as he looked at margaret craven that there was a strength there that could face anything it was more than courage it might under certain circumstances become fanaticism but he knew that whereas mrs craven stirred in him a deep restlessness and disquiet margaret craven quieted and soothed him almost it seemed deliberately as though she knew that he was in trouble he said i should think that his worst enemy if he may have any imagination at all must be his loneliness i can conceive that the burden of the secret even though there be no chance whatever of discovery must make that loneliness intolerable here rupert craven interrupted as though he were longing to break away from the subject you played the finest game of your life this afternoon doon i never saw anything like that last try of yours whimper was on the touch-line i saw him the varsity's certain to try you again on saturday i've been slack too long olva said laughing i never enjoyed anything more than this afternoon i played the most miserable game i've ever played couldn't get this beastly thing out of my head olva felt as though he were almost at the end of his endurance at that moment he thought that he would have preferred them to burst the doors and arrest him he had never known such fatigue if he could sleep he did not care what happened to him the rest of the evening seemed a dream the dark crowded drawing-room flickered in the light from the crackling fire mrs craven in her stiff chair never moving her eyes flung shadows on the walls some curtains blew drearily with little secret taps against the door rupert craven sat moodily in a dark corner at olva's request margaret craven played the piano was old and needed attention but he thought that he had never heard finer playing first she gave him some modern things some debussy les mirrors of ravel some of the russian ballet music of cleopatra 
these she flung at him fiercely aggressively playing them as though she would wring cries of protest from the very notes there she cried when she had finished flashing a look that was almost indignant at him there is your modern stuff i can give you more of it i would like something better now he said gravely without a word that mood left her in the dim candlelight her eyes were tender again very softly she played the first two movements of the moonlight sonata i am not in the mood for the last movement she said and closed the piano still about the old silver the dark walls the log fire the old gilt mirror the sweet delicate notes lingered soon afterwards he left them as he passed down the chill deserted street abandoning the dark laurelled garden he saw behind him the stern shadow of mrs craven black upon the wall but the loneliness the unrest walked behind him silence was beginning to be terrible god this god this unknown god pursued him only a little comfort out of the very heart of that great pursuing shadow came to him margaret craven's grave and tender eyes End of chapter 4